welcome to That's What She Pled with attorneys Christina Goldberg and Julie Lurson from Lurson Goldberg LLC, law powered by women. It's time to shake up the old standards of law and of business. Join these two witty, intelligent, and sassy female business owners who are taking their industry by storm, challenging stereotypes, and shattering ceilings. These two are on a mission to educate, empower, and support not only their own clients, but other powerhouse female entrepreneurs. Come for a laugh and stay for the vibe as Julie and Christina hold nothing back and share the truth of what it is to be female attorneys and business owners through discussion of current events, original stories, and inspiring guests. Now, on to the show. Well, welcome everybody. Happy Tuesday, as Christy always says. This is Christina Goldberg. I'm here with my law partner, Julie Lurson. We are Law Powered by Women. And we are back today with our very own family law attorney, Laura Howell. We were able to introduce her to everybody. I don't remember what episode it was, a few episodes back, but we wanted to have her with us. So Julie and I did a little bit of pop culture. We did a little bit with Neil and now it is Laura's turn and not for nothing. Phones are ringing off the hook for family law and divorces and paternity and custody and child support and all of that. So we're constantly seeing stuff in the news. So we, we thought this might actually be, well, I hate to use the word fun, but this could be fun. Enlightening. <laughs> enlightening. There we Definitely go. Without being too serious. <laughs> Just in yeah. case there's people who are curious, right? It's, of it's course. Like, exactly. Although statistically, unfortunately, the odds are not inconsequential that it may be that if you're married, you might someday need Mm -hmm. someone like Laura on your side, or if you're contemplating marriage, you might Mm -hmm. want to consult with someone Mm -hmm. such as Laura. Anyway, yeah, the statistics are the statistics, especially when it's interesting. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Laura. I'm sorry. I was just going to say it's interesting. The, the, when you go from first marriage to second mm-hmm. marriage, it increases significantly. Mm-hmm. And then from second to third, mm-hmm. even more so. Mm. Yeah. That's what they say. I can see it. Cause how many times do you see somebody that ink is barely dry and they're in a new relationship and they've Gosh. decided they've found the one. And, right. Ooh. Their soulmate. Right. <laughs> Been there. <laughs> Luckily didn't do anything about it, but (laughs) yeah, yes. I I heard an expert say that you should take the number of years, half the number of years that you were married. So if you were married 10 years, you should take five years between marriages, your next, just Mm -hmm. to heal and process and do the hard work of getting well. And, And, you know, possibly die before you have a chance of getting Julie. I'm sorry. I guess I'm still in (laughs) Neil mode. Right. I was going to say. Talking about estate planning. (laughs) But, you know, if you're married for like, if you're married for 40 years and you have to wait 20 till your next one, you know, at some point, we don't live forever. That's true. Yeah. Get married at 20. That puts you at 80 before you can be married again. Just saying. That's okay. There's Julie okay. getting in the weeds with that's her numbers. There we go. <laughs> right. Well, so, but that's, that's the reason they say more than half of marriages end in divorce is actually, I think that 
first marriages are really closer to like 40%. But right. then the second and third marriages drag that average up because they yep. are so much higher than the first marriage rate. So, and that's, that's just us normal people. So it's, I think those, those divorce rates are even higher among, among celebrities and sort of talking about the, the pop culture theme. I mean, there's an awful lot that's been in the news about some pretty famous people lately. Mm-hmm. Um, so for instance, we've got Tom Brady, the goat who doesn't know Tom Brady, Our local hero. Exactly. And Giselle, although didn't he's, has he, did he move? Well, I think he prefers the East coast of Florida. I don't know. Miami. Oh, I think he bought a house down in Miami. Another house. Okay. He's dating another supermodel. I did see that. I think he was just renting Derek Jeter's place over here when he was in Tampa. Mm -hmm. That's true. They didn't buy, but yeah, I know. I saw he's already with another, boy, she's pretty. He's already with another one. But with them, so I don't, I, it took a little bit of, of hunting, but I know it was sort of like, okay, we're getting divorced and then, okay, we're divorced. And how did that happen so easily and so quickly? It has been said that they had an ironclad prenup. So everything was already decided. So really all they had to do was present the prenup and do some paperwork, submit it to the court and it's done. And it's not like either of them couldn't stand on their own two feet without the other. Exactly. I, I, I'm pretty sure Giselle's actually maybe worth more than he is. I feel like I've, that's one of those things that probably is sort of a head scratcher, but hey, more power to her. Yeah. Anyway, oh, they, sure. they, they were able to probably in large part due to the fact that they had an ironclad prenup, but also because they had two kids together. And then, you know, he also had another, another son that was certainly part of the family and trying to protect the kids, um, Mm -hmm. didn't need to get nasty about stuff. Yes. And they both seemingly are very parent focused. Right. Right. So what are, there's, there's a lot of, there are a lot of questions in, I know people ask me or people generally kind of Google searching, what are the standards in Florida? So when it comes to kid, are there, what, what is required of these, of these parents? Is there a standard sort of, we start at 50% and then we prove one parent's not worthy or how does, how does that work in Florida? There's not an actual presumption yet. If the new bill gets signed into law by the governor, there will be an actual 50, 50 time sharing presumption which means whoever's opposed to the 50-50 is going to have to, they will have the burden of proving why that's not in the best interest of the children. So the standard and the gold standard in Florida is the best interest of the child. Right. Mm -hmm. And so everybody's on a level playing field. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so in practice, it ends up being that they start from the 50-50, but not if the parents agree otherwise. I mean, I've had clients who come in and, for whatever reason, dad is either travels with his job or there's some sort of extenuating circumstances and they say, hey, I'm very much dad or mom. It can it can happen either way. And we very much love our children, but this is what's going to actually work best for our family and they will do something different. But there's the caveat. The interesting thing is with regard to child support, the more overnights you have with Mm -hmm. your child, the lighter 
the burden of child support is. So the concern is oftentimes as a practitioner in family law is that, are you just wanting overnights? So you get a reduction in your child support, or is it because you've actively been involved in the, in the children's life all along? So I know I've acted as a guardian ad litem in some high conflict cases over basically child sharing. And I think in every instance, the, the parent that is opposing the change um, will assert that the other parent is doing it basically with because of the money. That's what's motivating them. That's not necessarily been borne out in my experience, thankfully, but it definitely becomes an issue. Is there a way to, Laura, how, how would you go about if you had, if you had a client saying that's, that's the only reason, let's say dad wants, wants the kids more is to reduce his his support obligation. How would you actually go about proving that? Well, there are several different things we can do. We've got a lot of tools and depending on the circumstances, one example is child time-sharing interrogatories where they actually have to swear to a series of questions. Did you participate in daily activities for the child? How often did you go to the doctor with the child? How often did you go to school events with the child, parent-teacher conferences? I mean, there are a number of tangible things. And then on the flip side of that, I go through with my client and I will ask, you know, I need you to the best possible. Give me specific dates. Give me specific times where they weren't involved. Give me the daily routine. Who's responsible? Why is it you can say you were responsible and the other parent wasn't? Maybe their work schedule made it impossible during those times. That's something else we ask in the interrogatories. What are your actual work hours? Hmm. And how uh, would you defend you it? Overtime? Well, we can look at the number of hours on, we get pay stubs, right? Those are mandatory that each party has to provide their pay stubs. So if I've got a pay stub that shows 10 hours a week of overtime or 12 hours a week of overtime, likely you're not, there's a certain amount of time I know that you're not available Mm-hmm. to participate in the well-being of the child or the care of the child. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are a lot of ways to think about it, but usually if someone's lying about it, they trip up somewhere. They, yeah. Well, and then in the background, we have a, in the background, we have the standing order, at least in our, in our circuit that really is meant to encourage parents to do the right thing by their kids by and large. And not engage in sabotaging behaviors and that sort of thing, which I guess can be a bit of a a, a weapon if you need to, as mm-hmm. well as hopefully an inducement. And, a, you know, who knows, maybe it's even something that like some people had never thought of. Well, it's it not even okay so- bad mouth dad or something along those lines. But in any event, I, I presume that if you're found in violation of that, you will be found in contempt by the courts um, potentially. Yeah, there there are a variety of different things that can happen. It's important to note that, I mean, it even goes as far as to say, 
don't text your child about what days and times. Don't use your child as a, as a messenger or a go-between. Don't discuss the status of the case with your children. Mm-hmm. I mean, there, there are a whole lot of things that the standing family law order is fantastic because it's really, it's nice to be able to say to opposing counsel, listen, my client is saying your client is doing this. Tell them to stop, mm-hmm. please, but tell them to stop. We don't want to go to court and have a hearing over this. It's a waste of resources for our clients as well as the court. So let's just all abide by this. Because and by the way, it's not helping your case if you're looking right, for it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't. I mean, those are things that can certainly be brought up in front of the judge and you know, whether it's willful and contumacious or they just don't know, but they also use the parenting class right. as a place to teach regarding these things. Right. These, these requirements are based on actual psychological testing and statistics of what harms children. So mm-hmm. it's, it is about, it is founded in what is, what really is best for children. And we all know it's, you know, it's easy to have a kid. It's raising raising kids is, is tough, whether, you know, you're regardless of your intentions or your, your insights and experience. Yeah. And something Um, I like to say to my clients is look, obviously you have some hurt, maybe some trauma. You've got a lot of things going on with this other person, but you're going to have to co-parent with them for a period of time. And for some of them, it's, 15 years, 12 years, you know, Mm -hmm. 18 sometimes. Right. And you're going to have to co-parent. And the other thing is, you know, children, and and when you explain this to someone, a light bulb kind of goes off. They identify as part mommy and part daddy. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. if you say daddy's bad all the time, or you say mommy's bad all the time, they internalize that to mean that they're half bad. And so it's just not good. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's so, it's It's so touch and go, but yeah, I mean, it's, we're well in Sarasota um, or in the 12th, we're, we're expected to, I mean, literally confer with each other, work with each other and agree on all major parenting decisions, education, healthcare, Uh all of that extracurricular activities, religion, discipline. And yeah, I've heard some just, horror story, some, some great stories where, where divorcees are able to treat each other like adults and with dignity and put the kids first. And then of course we all hear the stories about kids are used as pawns or people are just so traumatized and hurt that they really just are thinking like a child and not like a parent mm-hmm. and engaging in yeah, really I hurtful say conduct. We've, yeah. we've had some really great, I mean, some that I just like, my hat is off to you for being so above board and really wanting and caring about what is best for your children. Yeah. Well, and it's so actually that, that brings up a kind of a good point, Laura. I think that across the board, whether it's, whether it's our injury clients, your, your clients, our family law clients and and Neil's clients, we have, we have really fantastic clients. I think we have just very upstanding clients who, who need our help for very legitimate reasons you know, we all, we all end up working with somebody later on and go, oh gosh, that, that didn't feel right. But, 
all of the time, all of the time, I get asked, hey, from people who don't know we do family law or who don't know we've brought you in, hey, who would you refer to for family law? Or who's just a shark? Who's a tiger? Who's just going to mm-hmm. not let him get away with anything? And it's like, everybody wants that fighter. And I get that question. And it's the, it's the funniest thing to me because obviously I, Laura is the one, Laura is the one that, that we love and we're going to refer to and, and, and trust. But Laura also is able to see through that. Listen, you want me to be a tiger. You want me to be a shark. I will spend your money all (laughs) day long, but let me be the first to tell you that's not going to get you anywhere. Right. I mean, am I, am I crazy to say that? Or isn't that kind of more factual? To an empty bank account. Yeah. I will often say the only people that win in a super contentious and you're, you know, you're fighting over the least little thing is the attorneys. Right. Right. And I mean, I say it straight up. I, I can advocate, I do advocate for my clients, but part of advocating isn't necessarily seeing where we can do the most damage. Well, we're also counselors at law, which means, you know, you need to share the downsides to certain seemingly the, whatever actions they, they think they want you to take, I think. Right. And I want to shine a light on, on all that. And and absolutely the ramifications of it, um, Mm -hmm. chief among them, obviously, if there are children involved, how that can really cause a lot of damage. So each individual client has to decide what is the sword they're going to fall on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's, it's so tough. I mean, we get it even in Julie and I, on our end clients that we, we know strategically, logistically, the whole nine yards, we are doing what is in our client's best interest. And what we decide is in our client's best interest. The client gets really mad at, Mm-hmm. But sort of the same thing It's it's yeah, I I'll fight to the death over that piece of Tupperware. That, is that what you want me to do? I'll, <laughs> I'll be your shark, but that's going to cost you $5,000, that piece of Tupperware. Um, right. Why not go buy no, your it, own? Right. And it doesn't make you a pushover. What it does is it makes you a, a good steward of your client's finances. And, and I think a good fiduciary really. And again, like the Julie referenced a counselor, we really are. I feel like mm-hmm. I spend all day <laughs> counseling. You must right. even more. Yeah. Well, yeah. so I guess, especially when kids are involved, let's, let's try to be like Tom Brady, the greatest okay. of all time. Yes. And Giselle. Although yeah. leave it to the news. I just saw something. I mean, I don't watch the news, but somebody just did. Giselle's upset that Tom went somewhere and didn't help the kids with Mother's Day and didn't. Oh. Leave him alone. Really? Leave him alone. Yeah. I mean, they did everything the right way. I think, well, I mean, aside from the marriage part, but they did the divorce the right way and and we'll just leave it at that. But I mean, they did it. So prenup, how many, how many, what percentage of your, of your clients, Laura, would you say are, are prenup clients? You don't, I don't think we see too um, many. Well, I don't know. I've, I mean, yeah, not a large percentage, but I would say 20% either getting one. I have clients who come to me to actually review one that's been written by another, by their spouse or soon to be spouse. Mm -hmm. So I have them that way. I've also had ones that I've drafted. And then I've had ones that come to me and say, we have a prenup and, but Uh, it's not, it's not widely used. Not a lot. I would guess when there's more, more at stake. 
Yeah. Or, you know, Definitely. if there's a, a great disparity between the soon to be betrothed, those are the situations, or if there's, yeah. you know, maybe a blending of families, those are the sort of circumstances where you're second you're, marriages. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, well, so mm-hmm. let's, I mean, sort of in the same vein of, you know, when things can get contentious and that sort of thing, let's sort of talk about the different ways parties can actually get divorced and, you know, how maybe to avoid having, you know, the war of the roses who remembers that movie. I do. Mm -hmm. Where you literally, uh, yeah. Burned down the house almost. (laughs) So what, what, what is your uh, philosophy approach? You know, what's your, what direction do you like to guide your clients or how much involvement? Well, obviously they ultimately get to choose, but you can be, have your thumb Most people, and it's been true in my practice, and I've spoken with other attorneys, a large percentage of people see the value in trying to come to some sort of mediated agreement versus going to trial. Mm -hmm. Trials are just very expensive and very lengthy, and you have no idea what the outcome is going to be. Um, There's a lot of judicial discretion in family law, and there's a lot of just, I mean, it's evidence, but it's testimony. So when you have one person saying one thing and the other person saying something else, back to your point earlier, how do you prove it? At the end of the day, it's who the judge finds more credible. Credibility. And credibility matters. And, you know, I, I outline it all for clients. In mediation, you have some semblance of control. It's not total control, but you you get to, to help in the process. And I went to a mediation seminar recently, and one of the mediators said he'll often speak to both sides and he'll say, okay, I'm a teacher in a classroom. I have a cookie, one cookie and two students. What do I do? And inevitably he says, the parties love to answer questions and they will always say split the cookie. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he said yeah. he's never had anyone say, give Johnny the cookie or give Sally the cookie. Mm-hmm. And so then he says, oh, well, we're so close. And I'm talking about when you you're down to everything except that piece of Bang. paper. Yeah. (laughs) Yep. Give me the lid, give her the bowl or whatever it is. Actually, usually there's two pieces of Tupperware. Mm -hmm. Let them keep one, let them have the other. That's how it works out. And so when we can get to a really close place like that, you don't want to wait another four or five months to get a trial date, to get it set. Just, you You know, know, by the way, you know, when you mediate, it's all private it's yes it's just huge and confidential right versus a trial and a trial record there may not be as well there certainly isn't as much confidentiality right Mm -hmm. not in a trial record so when tom cruise has been married three times each time katie holmes nicole kidman and mimi rogers they were able to work things out quietly without having to go into court and air all of our laundry and you know all the other 
stuff that goes on in a marriage, which is oftentimes behind closed doors as well. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it saves clients great. money too. Yeah. Yes. It saves a lot of money. And the great thing is, at least in our circuit, it is required. Hey, sorry for the interruption. I know you're listening to the That's What She Pled podcast, and I am so happy you're here. If you have any questions, please head over to lawpoweredbywomen.com or look in the show notes to find out how to reach us. We would love to hear from you. As a yeah, predicate. You yes. have to go to trial or you have to go to mediation before you can have a trial. Right. And it's required because the courts recognize the the legislature recognizes mediation is a great tool yeah. right 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 you got to use no. the right mediator but well, yeah absolutely yeah. mediators yeah. matter as yeah. do attorneys matter you know yes mm-hmm. yes same thing yeah and as oil and water yes yeah, yes there are some mediators that i absolutely will never ever use and it's not not for any reason other than i i don't feel like there's an effort being made Right. And there's there's a big difference between those who just really make it their life's mission to to help and mediate appropriately and those who are just sort of in the business because they became mediators and decided they could yeah. make some money. My yeah. next my next step in my career. Mm-hmm. I guess the 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 one thing that obviously is maybe a little different is you, you do ultimately, even if you are able to reach a mediated resolution, there still needs to be a final court hearing in order yeah. to obtain a divorce in, you know, in the kind of cases that Christy and I resolve, we're just filing basically dismissals and some final paperwork. Nobody actually has to go to court. Having said that the final court hearing in a divorce case, well, you share about how, how that can look and how well, basically painless it can be there there. Yes. It would be a five minute uncontested hearing at that point and painless, but now they are allowing us to do it via special interrogatories. So I can literally, whoever the petitioner is, their attorney can draft the special interrogatories. It's a series of questions and it has to be specific answers. If you can't truthfully answer, then you can't do it this way. But as long as those specific questions are outlined and you can honestly answer those correctly, then all you do is submit those to the judge with the proposed final judgment that's been agreed upon by all the parties and you don't even have to go to a court hearing. No kidding. So, so what are the interrogatories? Is it just to establish jurisdiction in Florida? It's or to establish jurisdiction to establish that, yes, the parties, these are the signatures on the marital settlement agreement. These are the signatures on the parenting plan. Yes, we filed the UCCJEA. Yes, we have filed our financial affidavits. We, we are satisfied with the mandatory disclosures or we've waived the mandatory disclosures. And yes, the wife wants her maiden name restored or she doesn't. That one can, is either or. It depends on what was pled in the petition mm-hmm. or the counter petition. So um, I wouldn't imagine this. these are ever particularly hard interrogatories to. No, start. they're definitely not hard there. But the court wants to make sure that everyone is saying- we believe this agreement is fair. We believe it was entered into appropriately, freely, voluntarily, and knowingly, right. you right. know, and all of those things. So yeah. 
it's the same questions they would ask at the final hearing. Exactly. They're just allowing you to do it in written form, sworn to and notarized and submitted. Interesting. That's when I, well, obviously mine, it's been a number of years now, but actually the judge, not only did she ask yes or no questions, but she actually made me say my marriage is irretrievably broken. Like those oh, words, that was, that was one of the hardest things I've ever had to do because that was, that was, that was the fact, but to actually be told, no, you can't just say, yes, you say those words. Oh gosh. Okay. Yes. Yeah. And that is in the, in, that question is in the interrogatories. Is your marriage irretrievably broken? Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I, interesting. I, I probably had the same experience, but maybe I was just sort of, you know, in that, that frame of mind, that state of mind where it was just sort of answering in order to get through mm -hmm. and be done. Yeah. And that was the one thing that stuck with me. They went, Oh, okay. This, okay. <laughs> Here we are. Yeah. All right. I'm saying this out loud. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting that they're allowing it by, well, I mean, I guess it, I, I think the, the written interrogatory, I feel like that was an option when I got divorced some years ago, but in any case, maybe by judge. I know my judge required in person. Oh yeah. We were not afforded the opportunity not to be there. Yeah. Anyway. Well, okay. all right. Well, let's, let's invoke a little bit of fun here. Maybe for the last sort of bit of our, our pod today and talk about some celebrity situations, obviously celebrities. I mean, there's usually lots of money involved and they're well-known figures and I mean, they can even have intellectual property um, issues at this in, in contention. So understandably, like we already sort of chatted about, the prenup is is a good sort of um, mechanism to avoid having all that p potentially negative exposure um, should things not pan out. Mm -hmm. Anyway, mm -hmm. here... The Roseanne Barr case. Who remembers Roseanne? Oh my God, she's she's, and and this is just sort of doesn't this fit this whole Roseanne Barr scenario? Oh gosh. So yeah. anyway, yeah. So she was so so Roseanne was so offended at the idea when she was getting married to Tom Arnold. She was so offended at the idea of a prenup that she actually fired the the attorneys who suggested it. Well, four, four years later, and now in the midst of a divorce. One of the one of the things that she sort of more famously said was, "Oh, we didn't sign a prenup; we signed a mutual suicide pact." Here we go. Yeah, yeah. Well, funny how go. that comes to bite you. Regretting that decision for sure. I, I think so. Yeah, and I think and so. we had similar sorts of. I think when we sat down with Neil a week or two ago, there was somebody who was so offended at the concept of setting up a trust for the benefit of his children, and they would become trust fund babies. That he didn't do it, and then. When he died and they were still young, things <laughs> weren't exactly, uh, they were, they were going to be well, well taken care of anyway, just right. goes to show you, yep. be careful, be careful what you think you're avoiding. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and I mean, you can do some crazy stuff with prenups. So like Chris Rock and I don't know how to say, is it Malak? Malik Malik Malak Malik. Malak. I don't know. Compton Rock. But she, Chris Rock. I mean, she's a celebrity too, in her own is right. She, I don't know who that is. Oh, okay. I do. Right. Oh. Well, so their their prenup had an expiration date. Brilliant. So of course, Malik. 
waited, waited until after waited. the expiration date. She waited until the sunset of that, of that clause to file for divorce. I mean, yeah. Which meant that then Chris as the higher earner was, he had to pay more in their, in their California divorce. I mean, right. Why would you yeah. expire? Right now? I don't know. <laughs> I wonder I if that know. was legal malpractice. Don't you? Yeah. I, I, I don't know California law, so I'm not sure, but well, maybe he wasn't yet I've successful. Seen more commonly, what I've seen is a step-up provision. So say we make it five years, you get X amount of payout. If we make it 10 years, you get X, you know, provided there's no adultery. They put in a lot of different things, right. but you get more if you stay with me longer sort of thing. <laughs> I've seen that. I've never seen an expiration date. The old ball and chain. <laughs> it kind of, kind of defeats the purpose. It does. That's pretty funny. Well, but it's also the, so like the, the alimony, the 17 year mark, right? You see an awful lot of people. Well, if you're going to file, you better file filing very quietly before that 17 year mark. And then suddenly after the 17 years serving the, the spouse or, or on the other hand, you know, a spouse doing everything he or she can to make sure that that relationship lasts those 17 years. Um, yeah, well, well you and I, yeah. well, I don't, I, I can remember meeting somebody or not meeting somebody who was in an unhappy marriage and she was the primary breadwinner and she was about to celebrate her 17th anniversary, literally like the end of that week. And I was like, get thee to a divorce lawyer today. <laughs> sure. Right now, <laughs> right now yeah. you need, you need that petition filed today uh-huh. <laughs> because uh-huh. come Saturday, things are going to look a lot different. Um, yeah, which wasn't to say she wanted to screw him, her, her soon to be ex, but on the other hand, let's, let's at least preserve our our position here. Permanent lifetime alimony. Right. Right. And that Laura, that hasn't changed, right? Um, it's been, it passed the legislature, both, both chambers. It, the last time I looked last week, it had not yet been signed by the governor. I'm pretty sure. So waiting to see whether he will sign or not, Mm -hmm. he did veto the last three times. Yeah, he did. Yes. And so did Um, the prior governor. But they made some substantial changes this time. So it may very well be signed if it hasn't already been. Okay. Which would do away with permanent alimony. And the, and retroactivity of that would... They say no, no retroactivity provision. Mm-hmm. There are some people who have concerns that that's true. Yes, maybe, but it can act retroactively in the modification provisions. So we'll see. Ah, I know there was a, there's an unhappy contingent of sort of a, a group of women pr- predominantly who are now in sort of that age in their life when they're very worried about potentially losing permanent alimony and they've i guess probably been entitled to it for quite some time so it would yeah definitely pull the rug out from underneath and then on the flip side of that you have a group of people predominantly men men mm-hmm. some women Mm-hmm. who say because of the old law and the way it was, they haven't been able to retire. Yeah. And why should they have to work till they're 80 years old because of this mm-hmm. provision? So I think that's part of, you know, that's the flip side of the coin. Yes. Yes. The need versus, am I really going to be able to pay this? And at some point I'm not going to be able to pay it. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah. I'll mm. keep my opinion to myself about that particular <laughs> issue. <laughs> I feel yeah, fairly strongly about what's it. Better or what should be. Exactly. There's two sides. I have a strong opinion, but I'm not <laughs> going to share it. Yeah. I do think yeah. it's a generational or, or mm-hmm. I mean, generational, maybe not, but from a, di- a different era of what marriages tended to be, look like older, the, the older folks where people have mm-hmm. sort of more traditional roles and yeah. 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 Anyway. All fun right. Well, stuff. Let's, back to fun stuff. <laughs> back to the fun stuff. Yeah. I mean, literally this, this is the fun stuff that you can cover all kinds of things in a prenup. And I, mm-hmm. I think you alluded to this, but you know, Justin Timberlake and Jessica Beale. there you have a prenup and there's an infidelity clause in it, which I probably is not uncommon. I've seen a lot of those. Yeah. Have you, but he's a bit of a, either party, not just in this right. one. He was, I think the it one. was if he cheats, but I, in yeah, I think so. If either one cheats. Right. And oh, by the way, they're still married, mm-hmm. but in any case, if he cheated, he was going to have to pay some kind of a extra mm-hmm. bit mm-hmm. as per their prenup. Mm-hmm. Another one, Keith Urban and Nicole Kidman. He has, he has a past substance abuse history. And so there was a term, apparently a term in their prenup. There is a term in their prenup. They are still married, which in which he was going to lose some benefits, I guess, if he fell off the wagon. So there's some kind of an inducement yeah. to stay sober. Mm-hmm. White knuckle it. No, just kidding. Yes. I'm sure he's happily. It would be interesting to me to know, is it if he, well, it says if he ever relapses and I believe he has already relapsed. Oh. So that may be why they're still married. Hmm. Oh. <laughs> oh. Or part of the reason I shouldn't say the only, well, I mean, who that knows, I don't know. But, well, marriage is complicated. Mm-hmm. It is. It is, mm-hmm. but I, I think there was a point early on where there was some speculation. Of course, I don't know. You don't know. I mean, we only know what. Thank God for people before. magazine. The news right? to, yeah. Yes. <laughs> Star magazine. And this is one I love. Yeah. I only cause I mean, Mark Zuckerberg or Mark Zuckerberg and Priscilla Chan, they have a provision that says that at least one night a week, they are not allowed to go on social media or use Facebook. So what does that say? <laughs> they Absolutely. know. They know. Too they... much Facebook isn't good. It's not mm-hmm. good, people. Yeah. So yeah. anyway. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So here's one that just ugh, makes my blood boil. Tony Romo and Jessica Simpson, who were once engaged, they did not make it to the altar. And I suspect this is emblematic this of why, why it didn't work. But he wanted a clause in their prenup that said she was going to have to pay him a half a million dollars for every pound she gained over a certain amount. So obnoxious. So obnoxious. But I guess we knew what's important to him. Anyway. (laughs) Yeah. That's the craziest thing. Well, we've got Ice-T and Coco Austin. So they're prenup. (laughs) I like this one. So this gives Ice-T... The right to her breast and buttock implants if they divorce. They are still married. <laughs> what do you suppose he wants to do with this? If he just doesn't want her to have them. That's he just doesn't all. want I her see. to attract anything yeah. else with those. <laughs> right? Oh my God. That's anyway, so funny to me. The one Long- with Angelina and Brad, 
Yes. Um, that's really important to know is that and either child custody or child support cannot be waived in a prenup. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. So there was apparently some attempt or maybe even a provision that if he were to cheat, yeah. then he would forfeit child custody. Mm -hmm. So obviously we know that they had a, are having still a lot of. Mm -hmm. Well, and now you so can agree of... to those terms outside of, so you can't, you can't sort of contract for them in a prenup, but you can, there's a, there's statutory child support guidelines, but you can agree to child support and, and, and all of that on your own. You don't have to abide by those, that statute, right? Actually, the 12th judicial circuit has kind of cracked down on that notion that you can just actually Florida has cracked down on that. And the way it is working in our circuit, because it's not the parent's right, it's the mm. child's right. And mm. you can't waive or now in, in theory, you could never do it in practice. What they've done is they've created what's called a motion to deviate. So you can bring a motion to deviate. And if you can convince the judge that there's a reason why the agreement is different than what the guidelines show, then the judge can grant that motion to deviate and it's either up or down. So um, but fundamentally he would have to, he, the judge would find that it was still in the child's best interest, presumably. Correct. Or that. like say I had one where dad provided all the transportation because mom just couldn't for whatever reason. So he was getting an unfair, rather than I drive to drop them off and then the ex brings them back. He right. was doing more of that. And so the judge did allow a deviation because of the travel expense. He got constructive credit or something mm -hmm. for being yeah. a chauffeer. Interesting. The chauffeur yeah. and so. bus driver. Interesting. Okay. That is interesting. Well, so I did not know that. With prenups, you can, you can agree to all kinds of crazy things like who owns mm -hmm. the implants, but <laughs> when it comes to... <laughs> When it comes the to the kids, would hold. I mean, back to Jessica Simpson and Tony Romo. I don't know that I've never had it. I've never researched it, but it seems like that might be one of those provisions that's like, you know, unconscionable or something. Yeah. I wonder, I don't know. You can, you can contract. I mean, if she were willing, I don't know if she ever signed it. I don't know if, if they well, entered into saying, it. And what then... if there was if what if she had some kind of know. illness or right. some kind of medication that, never that caused weight gain and she needed it to, she needed yeah. the medication to survive. See, but I mean, we can come beyond the attorney to right, drafting for, the prenup or, right. or her going like, no, yeah. med, uh, legal malpractice. Claim. Right. Mm -hmm. That's like us with releases. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Argue for weeks on end about terms and releases because I'm not letting my client sign that. Yeah. Same thing. Yeah. Still waiting on one right now <laughs> as we speak. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Anyway. Yeah. Well, it's fun. Yeah. It's fun to think about some of these crazy <laughs> things because they probably aren't likely to walk through the doors of our, our offices in most cases, but Hey, never say if it never. Does, I want to know about it. I know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Laura, you have to let us know. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Well, this was fun. Yes. Um, thank you for entertaining us. 
Well, you yeah. know, they are thinking about who possibly could live in Florida that might come through our door. Scott Bayo. Yes, I saw Bayo, that. Yeah. Moving to Bradenton. So yeah. who knows? They've been hanging out on Anna Maria. Mm-hmm. I mm. mean, maybe he needs to update his prenup so that it, it complies with Florida law. Yeah. Is and he then there's a D-list Mick now? Jagger out in Lakewood Ranch, right? Yeah, I don't think he's married though. I think that's just a oh, just his girlfriend. girlfriend. Right. But they mm -hmm. might need a prenup at some point. Right. One never knows. And then I think I Pink, know. I think, has a house out celebrities in here. Stephen King East. has a place on Casey Key. Mm -hmm. Until very recently, Jerry Springer called this mm -hmm. a home. Yeah, it's not a bad place to spend some time if you happen to be a celebrity it's okay. a celebrity or anybody else it's or fine. or someone common Our brooks and trisha yearwood bought a place here locally somewhere oh i bet <gasps> the rich Probably. and famous this <laughs> anyway this was fun yeah. this was pop good. culture you, and family law thank you for joining us yes. thank and you if for having me Anybody has more questions or is curious about a term that they want to include in their next prenup, <laughs> then check Laura out at lawpoweredbywomen.com. Right. We don't promise not to make fun of you. Oh, come on, Christy. Okay, fine. <laughs> it's all privileged. It's all privileged. Of course. Yes. Privileged. Of course. Yes. All right. Well, that's that. And you'll hear from us in another couple of weeks. In the meantime, this is Christy, Julie, and our Laura, and we are Law Powered by Women. You can find us online. Um, you can find us on social media. You can find us on billboards and on TV. And Just find uh, us. Just find us. Yeah. I All right, everybody. Did you? We have some new ones. Yes. We're waiting on the, on the feedback. Channel. Oh, oh, that's a good place to be. See, especially for family law. Yes, for sure. I love that. Awesome. All, All right. right. Thanks, everybody. We'll talk soon. Thank you for listening to That's What She Pled podcast. Don't forget to click the follow button to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and do not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Larson Goldberg lawyers. The content has been made available for general informational and educational purposes only and may not constitute the most up-to-date legal or other information. The content is not intended to be a substitute for legal advice from your individual attorney and the information provided does not and is not intended to constitute legal advice.